real estate investors from Florida, Georgia, and Texas. There's a big online event this coming October that you shouldn't miss. Discover new techniques on how to grow your business and thrive in the middle of the crisis in no time. Just simply go to www.realestateiq.co summit and sign up today. Welcome everyone again to this week's book club, our Successful Habits Book Club. All right, let's start off. And just a quick intro again on this book club. And why do we call it Successful Habits? Because, of course, uh, reading books develops uh, a good habit. And if this is one of the you know um, habits that we develop, then um, we become more successful. So, just a few wise words. A book holds a house of gold from a Chinese proverb. And reading of all good books is like conversation with the finest people of the past centuries by Descartes. And for uh, Real Estate IQ, our vision for this book club is that we will bring together a group of highly motivated individuals and performers to grow together so we can all learn from each other. And who is Real Estate IQ? Um, we are a technology and data company. We're focused on creating work from home automated systems for the real estate investment community. And so our mission is to empower your journey to freedom and success. And we do know that everyone's journey is different, but we want to make sure that we are um, helping you on your way to your own success and what are our core values so we are growth oriented we want to make sure that we're always um, growing we're always learning and that we, we have a champion mindset we want to make sure that we are um, always uh, improving so that we can get to that point uh, of success and the most important one of course is integrity that we know that we should be always giving our best. We should always be doing what's right for everyone that's involved. And here are a few of our automated um, systems. We have a deal analysis where you can run unlimited computations. And we have deal finding with, uh, it would give you a total of 45,000 plus of motivated seller leads. And lastly, the premium um, of skip trace, where it can give you um, details of email addresses, phone numbers, and everything you would need. And we have a community page, and that's uh, found at uh, www.realestateiq.co. Just look for our REIQ book club, so you just need to register so you can join. And lastly, you can join our passive investment program. If you want to know our passive investment opportunities, the benefits you can get as a real estate investor. And there are a lot. If you haven't um, found it out yet, please do so by clicking on this link uh, that is should also be in our chat box. So there. Okay, so last week we started off 
with our part one, just uh, from chapters one to three. And we're still on part one of the book um, by Stephen Schwarzman, but we're now discussing chapters four to six. So it's more of uh, having three chapters a week. And later on, we're going to have uh, on time for online networking. And of course, a disclaimer, all our information here is just for educational purposes only. We don't offer investment, financial, or legal advice. And here are our panelists. And welcome back, Michael. <laughs> and we have Brent Mott today. And the others will just follow. And here's our book that we're discussing. It's uh, What It Takes. Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence by Stephen Schwarzman. He is the CEO of Blackstone, a legend. And so, yes, we are on part one. These are the chapters that we're discussing uh, for today. Chapter four is titled, The Best Way to Learn is by Doing. Chapter five, All Deals are Crisis. And chapter six, Money is a poor cure for a bad situation. All right, so basically, I these uh, chapters all are about experiences uh, that uh, Stephen Schwarzman is telling about his career, what happened during his um, time when he was just starting out. And so I thought I would just give all the nuggets of wisdom from the chapters that we are reading. And so the, for, the first, for the fourth chapter, there are, these are the lessons we can get. These are in raising money. And I like what he said in, in that investors are always looking for great investments. So the easier you make it for them, the better for everyone. And so this resounds with Stephen's beliefs in that you should always simplify things. And even if it's the most complex idea or situation, you can always simplify it for yourself or for your company. And if you can do that, then you can make it better for everyone, especially for investors or possible clients who would like to uh, invest with you. And if you can get them to understand things in a simple way, then they would, you know, they'll be able to catch the bait. And so even in this situation, COVID-19, we might be worried that not a lot of people are willing to invest, but um, we have to actually be aware that there are investors who are always looking, looking out for these investments. And he said that the most important asset in business is information. So the more you know, the more perspectives you have and the more connections you make. And of course, this is true in everything. And he actually um, prioritizes training because when he started out, he wasn't actually trained much by his uh, first company, JLD. And so, of course, the more uh, you're able to learn something, then the better uh, the better able to understand and start on your um, skills, the more you can already um, widen your horizons and understand how things work. And of course, the more connections you'll be able to make because of the result of understanding so much about your business. 
in dealing with crisis, so there was a time that he was working with a merger for Tropicana. And of course, uh, he didn't know anything at first about mergers. And so uh, with that, he, he just sort of had this uh, way of dealing with it that he sort of just calmed down and practice breathing, breathing in, breathing out, so he can relax and calm himself. So basically, don't let all these voices, deadlines, paperwork overwhelm you. So you just have to make sure that you tackle things in a calm way and that you have all the preparations, all the resources you need in order to start tackling that crisis. And yes, take a moment to slow down. So at the end of the day, um, it's your composure, it's your confidence that that would show no matter what you're dealing with. So just uh, don't let it get to you and don't let it overwhelm you, especially now with these crises, it's in, very important to take a breather and take a moment. All right. And in dealing with people, it's very important to listen to what people want. So when we talk with people, we should always have that mindset of how can I help? So of course, it's very important. It's not just what can I get from you or what can I get from this situation, but it's more of how can I contribute to you to make your life better, to make my company better. So Schwarzman said, if I can help and be a friend of their situation, then everything else would follow it, of course. So if I can find out what their problems are and come uh, come out with solutions, then they would want to talk to you no matter what, no matter what their rank or status. So I guess this is when he's dealing with uh, CEOs, presidents, or you know, no matter how intimidating the rank of the person you're speaking with, if you can get to know them first, what their problems are, and you have a solution for them, then definitely they would want to talk to you. They would want to hear what you have to say. So if you can um, get to that point where you can get out of your own, uh, what you can get out of it yourself, but in what people would want, you know, listening to them first, then that would um, really help. And everyone will, will be willing to listen to what you have to say. So, yeah, that's it. That's what I was able to summarize out of these last three chapters from chapters four to six. And I'm bringing in the others. What do you have to say about that, guys? I, you know, I, I really like uh, this book. I like everything that, that Schwartzman has uh, to say. I've actually, uh, I've got a, a few business partners that I do a lot of deals with, and I told them we need to read this book together. So after, after we're done uh, with this book and book club, uh, I'm going to be reading this uh, with several of my, uh, of my business partners. So I got, um, I got several things out of, uh, out of the readings. Uh, big points that I got out of this is how important information is. Um, inf information is so, so crucial. Um, I got um, how important partnerships are. 
Um, uh, and, and I run every, every deal I do, I've got a partner on and, and partners are absolutely crucial, um, to success. Um, and, and success in scaling a business. Um, you, you can be successful by yourself, but if you, if you want a business, not a job, you're going to have to, uh, uh, take on business, uh, partners. Um, the other thing, uh, that he got into, and this is, this is something that's a common trait among super successful, uh, wall street types. Even, um, we, we think about, you know, people on wall street hedge fund managers as they're just very, very left brain robots. Um, how important, you know, um, managing, managing yourself and, and controlling your, uh, managing your own stress levels. So one of the things that Schwartzman talked about is, is really focusing on controlling his breathing. Um, uh, Ray Dalio, and I've, I've brought up Ray Dalio a lot because he's another very successful hedge fund manager. Sorry if you can hear what's going on in the background. Uh, I might be venturing to Oz um, later based off of the, the wind in the area. Um, so I don't know what emergency services just drove past. Um, but uh, uh, Ray Dalio is the, hedge, is the manager of uh, Bridge, uh, Blackstone. Blackstone Bridgewater. Um, the, what Schwartzman is with one, Dalio is with the other. It's a small difference. Yeah. Um, so, well, small difference and neither one has a small bank account. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but Dalio talks about how important meditation is to him. So that was something that, you know, if these multi-billionaires are taking out the time to, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too raw, raw, fluffy, but they, they take out the time to manage their state um, and get themselves in, in, the, in the right kind of position. So um, I'd love to dive deeper into, into those topics. Um, but those, those are the three of the things uh, that, that really stuck out to me. Um, uh, and I'd love to dive deeper into those, but guys, what did y'all, what did y'all get out? I really liked the part where he talked about the interviewing, not because, um, uh, we're, I think as investors, we're interviewing people every day in just about everything we're doing. I think it'll make you better, a much better negotiator, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you can get that skill down over the phone. Um, Brent, I, I couldn't echo strongly enough what you said. Anybody who knows me who's ever read any of my posts, it's always about partner, partner, partner for scalability and success. Mm -hmm. um, but I, the other thing I was kind of struck by is when he talked about the comma and how he was told that if he was, would be, uh, um, if he ever was off or, or wrong in that way again, he'd be fired on the spot. And we talked uh, two weeks ago about people's past really develop uh, helping shape who they are today. I kind of chuckled to myself because I think as we read this book and other books, we see that the toughness that was exhibited on these people in their younger days is what has made them successful today is the same toughness that would send people crying home today in a work environment. Mommy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would say, one of the good lessons is that sometimes a, a kick in the shins is, is beneficial for our careers and, and, and learn what your mistake was and grow from it. Don't personalize and internalize it. I like that a lot. 
I like that a lot. Um, he he was, and then he was also so another trait that's that's kind of uh, gone uh, when he was talking about meeting a young Jack Welch. Um, so Jack Welch, um, hugely successful uh, CEO, uh, and, and I like highlighting the character traits because one thing about reading a memoir is we want to figure out you know how do we ad- adapt or how do we adopt the traits of these very successful people. Um, but one thing he said about Welch. He never stopped asking questions, torrential, relentless questions, and he ins- uh, instantly grasped the links between one idea and another, even if they were entirely new to him. So don't be, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions um, as, as you're growing this. Um, that, that's something that, that a lot of people are, are afraid to ask questions because they don't want to look stupid. Um, I'm perfectly okay asking questions. I'm, I would rather... Uh, look like a, I would rather look uninformed by asking a question than actually remaining uninformed. Um, and then he goes back to talking about the most important asset in business is information. The more you know, the more perspectives you have and the more connections you can make, which allow you to anticipate issues. So that's, that's one of the things that, that I love about reading and, and book club is we're constant. I'm constantly looking to expose myself to more information so that I can uh, continue to grow. Um, and, it, and it's the having, the having the humility to not be afraid to ask questions. And, uh, and what I found is I've never been, now if it's something that I should have educated myself on and, and I should know, then, then that's one thing. Um, I'm not saying don't be lazy, but don't be afraid to ask questions. And I've never been in a meeting where I says, you know, where I can say something like, forgive my, forgive my ignorance, but do you mind telling me what you mean when you say that? Because, you know, when, uh, when you get into, when, especially when you get into more commercial and larger real estate deals, you know, some people call it a general partner and a limited partner. Some people call it, you know, class A and class B. Um, so you want to get, you want to make sure that you're just operating on the same terms. Um, and there's, there's lots of little nuances that you, that can be described in multiple different ways. So don't be afraid to ask, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, do you, do you mind clarifying what you just said? Um, an, another thing that he talked about with, with asking permission to clarify that shows that, you know what, I'm, I'm looking to learn. I'm willing to put in whatever it takes. Another thing that he talked about when in managing his stress level and managing his state was he would take a deep breath. Um, and we have uh, people, people feel like a conversation needs to be ping pong, just, just back and forth, rapid fire. Um, we, most people, when they're having a conversation, they're not listening to what the other person says. Most people in a conversation, they're not listening what the other person says. They're thinking about what they're going to say. That will kill you in, 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 in a negotiation. If you're not listening to the other party, um, that will absolutely kill you. So one thing that he says is he'll, that he would take in information take a deep breath and, and reflect. And I'm not saying be weird about it and, and just a, I mean, probably not a 30 second pause. He didn't describe. But what I found is that people, when, when they tell me something and I reflect, I'm not, and, and you don't have to, 
you, you, you don't have to go in and, and strike a pose to reflect, but people appreciate it when you take in what they said, process it, um, and then, uh, and then come up with a response. Um, so, I mean, that, that's something that, that is, it, it's a lost art. It's, it's a dying art that we don't have. Um, so that, that, that's one thing that, that struck out to me there. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a very good point, Brent. Um, you know, I, earlier today, an investor had called me for, for help on a deal. And I said, okay, well, well give me the rundown. So it's like, well, you know, the, the person died, the neighbor's kind of helping the brother who's out of state, and uh, they owe such and such, and the neighbor had made an offer for X, but uh, the brother said no, now the neighbor's trying to help sell it. And so they went on to give me a seven-minute story. And I said, you're missing the most important factor here. He's like, well, what's that? I said, your only contact is with this neighbor who has no legal bearing on this deal, but is acting as the gatekeeper. And he told you he wanted to buy it for himself early on in what you started to tell me. And, 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 I, and, and I, when you were talking, Brent, about the importance of information, the importance of connecting the dots, the importance of listening, they were so focused on getting the numbers and trying to find out X, Y, and Z. They missed what, to me, was the biggest puzzle piece in this entire thing. And that's that the neighbor's going to sabotage us at every turn he can because he wants this house for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's something that, uh, uh, that, that uh, Schwartzman said, uh, in my relatively short career, I learned that deals ultimately come down to a few key points that matter most to each side. If you can clear everything else away and focus on these points, you'll be effective negotiator. So if, if people, people will tell you in, in negotiation, people will tell you exactly what they're looking for. All right. And what you, what you need to be able to do is you've got to be able to, to cognitively listen, actively listen. There, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Okay. Hearing is passive. Listening is active. I want to be an active listener Specifically, if I'm dealing with, with a homeowner, if, that, if that's what, I, the, what I'm negotiating at that point, I really want to listen. And people will tell you what's important to them. People will tell you what's important to them. They're always, gonna, they're always going to say price is most important. Always. No matter what you're dealing with, what people will say and what most people hear is price is most important. But if you listen, price is never the real factor. Price is never the biggest determining factor. But you have to listen to determine what is most important to them. Does that make sense? Um, it's, it's one of the things that, that Steve Jobs, before Steve Jobs, nobody knew that they wanted an, uh, that they wanted an iPhone. Um, but he took what the what the market was telling him and made not what the market was asking for directly, okay, but what the but based off of what the market was telling him, what the market needed and what they really wanted. Uh, so that is that is so huge. Um, uh, and, and so that that's one side. Another thing, uh, excuse you, me, Brent, it's like a disruptive technology. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, Can I just expand on that real quick? Five seconds. So, so guys, this a disruptive technology is something that um, if uh, uh, the laptop computer is the perfect example of a disruptive disruptive technology. If you said to somebody, I'm going to charge you at the time it came out eight times the cost of your desktop. It's going to be a tiny screen. It's going to weigh seven pounds. It's going to have limited power. It's only going to run 20 minutes on a battery. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, and, and do you want one? Everybody in the world would have said no. But it has absolutely just come in and disrupted the entire uh, computer game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's one thing with dealing with, with homeowners and, and consumers. Uh, here's another really important aspect. Um, for both, for literally, if you're running a hedge fund, you've got to, you've got to do some fundraising. Uh, if you're going to be a real estate investor, you're going to do some fundraising. So, uh, j- just a little tweak from selling product to buying a house, to raising a funds, to raising funds. He put in some really good, uh, gold. If you're in the, in the book, 76, page 76 and page 77, uh, he dives into this a lot. Um, what so I'm gonna go back and forth on my quotes here. Um, but he said a lot of people fail because they start from a position of self-interest. What's in this for me? This will never get the most interesting and rewarding work. Okay. So we we have to remove ourselves. Okay. We we if you put yourself first in whatever you're doing, people don't care about you. I'm uh, I'm we, we've already said that you know I'm not a very good millennial. Um, you're, you're not dealing with mommy. Mommy, mommy is the only one that thinks that you're special, that, 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 that's really what it boils down to. And we, we, we've created a culture where it's all about me, me, me. What do I want? Guess what? Everybody else is from that same culture. Everybody else is me, me, me. What do I want? So if you're talking about you and they're thinking about, about themselves, I want to, I want to switch that. And I want to think what's in it for them. So um, I do. I I'm an I am an active real estate investor. The, that is that is what I do. I am an active real estate investor. When I grow up, I want to be a passive real estate investor. That that's what I want to be when I grow up. Is I want to be a passive real estate investor. So the way that I structure every single one of my passive investing opportunities is what do I want? If if I'm the passive investor, I want to make it more attractive for the passive investor than it is for the active investor because I'm lazy and I want my passive investors to come back to me again and again and again. So what, what do they want? They want a secure investment with a really good return. Okay. So I want to structure my deals. All right. And I only want to do the deals that provide those things. So that's something that I look for. Um, Schwartzman says, what would I want if I was in their shoes? Uh, that he says is what gives the most rapport with people. So when, when I, when I say in my business, I look first and foremost of what, what do they want before I, when, whenever I'm structuring a deal, I want to look at what's going to make the most sense for them. What's going to be most attractive to them? Because I would much rather have a wait list to invest with me than me begging people to invest. So I want, I want to make my deals so attractive. Um, and then uh, earlier in the, in the first chapter, he, he talked about people are always looking for investment. Um, investors are always looking for great investments. The easier you make it for them, the better for everyone.
That, the, I mean, that one line, if you're a real estate investor, read that it's on page 61. Read that one line and the book, the, this book made you millions of dollars. That, that one line. Investors are always looking for great investments. The easier you make it for them, the better for everyone. Okay. Make, make life easy for the people that you want to do. Make it easy to do business with, your, with yourself. Um, another thing that he uh, talked about, I didn't just try selling whatever it was I had to sell. I listened. I waited to hear from uh, what people wanted, what was on their mind, and set about making that happen. So figure out what, figure out what the other party wants and make that happen. Um, how can I help? If I can help someone and become a friend to their situation, everything else follows. So this, this isn't, this isn't all just kind of hippy dippy stuff. This is, um, this, it's good business sense to make things easier for the people that you want to do uh, business with. And I just like to say something about the merger with Tropicana. So in terms of, um, encountering a situation that's so intimidating you absolutely don't know anything about it but uh, what I liked about him is he faked it till he made it you know and but of course before he did that he knew his numbers and he knew the people he knew the people he's gonna uh, work with and he knew the people he should ask and before before he made that uh, decision he, he did ask like two or three people um, that was uh, more knowledgeable about mergers. And based on that, he made a recommendation on what, what should happen with the mergers. So he was able to actually pull it off quite well. What can you uh, say about and, and I mean, that goes back to, um, believe it or not, I'm talking a lot. Um, uh, that goes back to not being afraid to, to ask for help. There, there's very little, there are very few things in this world that I'm good at. Very, very few things in this world that I'm good at. But I don't, I don't have to know everything. I just need to know, I just need to know the people that know everything and, and position things that the people that do know the things that I don't know benefit. Um, uh, on page 79, he says, you don't need to know about trading, I said. You hire the, the best guys from Goldman and JP Morgan. You don't have to know how to do it. You hire that out. You partner with them. Um, another thing, this is, I'm jumping around here because I like, I just like this order better. Um, on page 70, he says, uh, there was no way I could figure this out for myself. Exhausted and bleary, I needed advice and cover if this deal went wrong. I called Pete. So he had, he had a business partner that he, that he relied on. Um, I'm, I am not an operations guy. I'm awful at operations. I love relationships. I'm, I'm a relationships guy. I'm a visionary guy. I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm going to, I'm going to come up with 25 ideas for every idea I actually do. So I surround myself. Um, Aaron just texted in the chat box. Hello. He knows I'm talking about him. I surround myself with, uh, incredible, uh, and incredible operations people, people that know a lot more ab about different things that, that I do. Um, so this is something that, so Aaron just, uh, it's funny that he said this right then. Um, uh, we, he's talking about his relationship uh, with, with Pete. Um, he said, we complimented each other. 
He could bring people together and nurture relationships. I could originate and execute deals. He was a thinker, tolerant, and reflective. I could be confrontational if necessary. I ran and closed many of the deals that Pete initiated. I'm, I, I want to get the fish on the hook. Like that, that's all I want to do. I like to reel the fish into. I like reeling the fish into, but I don't want to clean the fish. I, I like to eat the fish, but I, I, like, I like the part where I catch the fish and, and then I eat the fish. I want to deal with, I want somebody else to deal with, with all the other parts. So I love getting things initiated. I love getting things started. Um, it's, I, lo- I like networking. I like going out um, and, and meeting new people and bringing new opportunities and, and finding new things. So it's, it's funny. I actually texted that to, to Aaron specifically um, when, I, when I was reading this the other day. Um, an, another conversation uh, since I'm, one of my partners is on, um, is we're, we're working on a, a kind of complicated uh, structure on a, on a deal in, in Hawaii. We're, we're buying some land and we're owner financing it. And uh, I text, I, I, yeah, I don't know if I texted or called and I said, hey, um, I'd love to take this off your plate. Um, I can build an Excel model for this but you're going to have to redo it. So do you just want to do it from the, from the get go? Um, and, and that's a, that, that's something that, that's a, that's a really cognitive or a, a really good pairing and a really good partnership is that, Hey, this is, this is an idea I have. I don't know any of the details, but, but this is, this is an idea I have, and this is a way that I think this could work. So finding those partnerships and, and I'm talking about me specifically, cause that's a topic that I know about, of how I like to partner with people, but it's a, um, the way to scale a business is by finding people that have complementary skill sets to you. Um, can, can Aaron go out and find deals? Absolutely. He does it all the time. Can I run an Excel model? Yeah, I can. I can. And it's going to make sense. It's going to be pretty rudimentary compared to the astrophysics that he does. Um, but I, but I mean, we, we can both do what the other person does, but when we, when we each focus more, um, on what we do best, that's where we get the most growth. And that's, that's where you're going to get the most growth is figuring out where do you, where do you add the most value and how can you add the most value to other people? Um, that, that is so huge in growing a business. And Brent, I think that's something that I see a lot of new investors, sometimes lose track ad. So for those of you who don't know, my wife is uh, an 18-year certified national ARV appraiser. Now, I can, I'm pretty good at coming up with ARVs, but you know what? She's the numbers queen. I Whatever she says the number is, is the number is what it is, and that's what I'm going to work around. I'm the sales and marketing guy. I let her handle the numbers. I'll make the, I'll make the deal work somehow. And it's interesting because I, I see a lot of new investors often will call up and they'll be like, well, I want to learn the sales and marketing. Sure, no problem. I want to learn how to close. No problem. I'm, I'm a closer. And I want to learn how your wife does all this. Uh, okay, well, first of all, I can't teach you what she's taken 18 years to get to. And second of all, and I don't mean this flippantly, but why? You've got somebody who's, who can do it better than anybody. You've got somebody who's, who's the expert. Don't waste your brain power on it. Focus on bringing something else to the table and let her run the numbers. And, and I think that's a perfect example of, I don't even try, I mean, she looks at factors. I can't even tell you what half the factors are that she looks at. I don't really care what they are. That's her expertise. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you've only got a limited amount of time in the day. 
You've only got a limited amount of mental bandwidth. Focus it where it's most beneficial to the partnership. I like that a lot. I, I like that a lot. John, we've, we've been monopolizing today. What a, what a, what a, oh, I, I was just listening in like a re regular spectator, uh, listening to what you guys all have to say. Cause I read this like, you know, three weeks ago and I don't know where you guys are at. I, I realized that uh, when I chime in, I seem to spoil the future fund for you guys. So, you know, I, I'm going to sit until, you know, next, no, next two weeks when, when we're back, where I'm in line with everything, but yeah, uh, a lot of the things you guys said, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, you know, what I got from it. Uh, I think doing don't just anticipate and just do it is, is one of the biggest factor, you know, uh, Schwarzman doesn't know how to deal with mergers when he first, you know, went to the Tropicana thing. He just did it, you know, and, and, and it's kind of one of those things where, where if we want to go back to the whole mastery thing, um, the more you do it, the better you are at it, but you got to do it first, right? So, so I confession, I haven't been doing as much negotiating with homeowners as I should have. Instead, I've been trying to find cheaper money, which I'm now getting pretty good at. Um, so, you know, if, if any one of you want to have cheaper money, ring me up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great way. So, I mean, going back to the mastery, this is on page 87. Uh, when he was talking about his early mistakes, uh, my early mistakes on wall street and, and the embarrassment that followed had taught me the importance of rigor, eliminating risk, eliminating risk and asking for help. Uh, but learning the way I did. So I saw the intricate ways in which deals can be structured the subtleties that must be negotiated, mastery, what we just studied, like that takes experience, endurance, and tolerance for pain, and it yields the greatest rewards. So there, there is no fast button in, in business. Um, there, there is no easy button. It does take time. It does. Uh, now, there's, there's lots of ways to, uh, I don't know if this is a good time to bring this up. There are ways to flatten the curve, um, uh, but... Uh, uh, Whatever do you mean, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, we can definitely partner and we can definitely, you know, invest in ourselves, invest in our education to eliminate a lot of that. But, you know, there, there's nuances and intricacies that you're, that you're going to learn as, as you grow through this. So, I mean, uh, just kind of circling back to my biggest takeaways um, from this week's readings, it's, it, it's, know how to benefit other people. I mean, that, that is the biggest, my biggest takeaway from this is how can I be the biggest benefit to the most people? And, and, you know, that's whether I'm, whether I'm buying or selling, okay. A commodity, a house, an investment, um, whether I'm raising funds, okay. How can I raise the most value or whether I'm contributing in a partnership, how do, how do I constantly add value? How can, how can I serve uh, more people because that that's ultimately what's going to pay us is adding value to the marketplace, whether that's adding a good investment, helping a, pe a person out of a bad situation with their house, um, listening to what they have to say um, and, uh, and figuring out, you know, how can our solution, even though we might not be the highest bidder, I'm almost never the highest bidder. I'm almost never the highest bidder. 
Um, I, I have I have been the, the highest bidder, but I'm almost never the highest bidder, and that's because I had a unique exit strategy, by the way. Um, but I find different ways to add the most value, and it, and it doesn't the everyone says price. Everyone says price is is what is most important. It's price is almost never the most important thing. Terms are really important. Their walkaway money is really important. Um, and, and if I can take it off of price to how much money do you want to walk? So if I'm buying a house, if I can switch it from price of the house, to how much do you need to walk away? That opens me up to more exit strategies. I can, I can, I can listen. Okay. I can actively listen and know what it is that's motivating them and know what it is that's driving them so that I can get the best deal for them. It's, it's the best deal for them because it solves their problem best, but it's also the best deal for me. This, this isn't a zero-sum game. Yeah, and I think that goes back a little bit to um, whether you're dealing with homeowners or whether you're dealing with fellow investors or partners. The, when he talks about who you hire in interview, it goes back to sincerity. Um, you, you know what, guys? I, I'm in a really lucky position. Uh, I can be somewhat selective whom I work with. And Brent, I'm sure you are the same way. And at the end of the day, if you're not a nice person or you're going to give us nothing but headaches, we're probably going to choose not to work with you because we don't need to. He, uh, he talked about this in, um, in last week. It's the airport test. If I'm stuck with you at the airport, yeah. I don't, I like to have fun. I like yeah. to have fun with, with my investors. I want, I want to work with people. I want to invest with people that, you know, we can go fishing together. So I went, yep. I went fishing with an investor this weekend. Um, I want to, I want somebody that I can, that I can hang out with and, and have a good time. And guess what? Um, in, in dealing with, with investors, I, an active partner is going to know who's going to be a, a nightmare to deal with. I've, I've got people that I don't put deals in front of because I don't want to work with them because, because they, there's, I, I'm the world's most capitalistic hippie that, that that's really, uh, I'm working on, on the hair to go with that. Uh, I'm the world's most capitalistic hippie. If I don't want to work with you, I'm not gonna, I don't care how much money you have. I, I don't, that you've just got to be reasonable um to to work with if if you're fun that's just a bonus but i i don't i'm I'm not going to do a deal with somebody that i don't want to hang out with because we've got to celebrate the deal we've got to celebrate the deal so i mean i'm not going to do a deal with somebody that i don't want to hang out with but i don't want people to get confused with what we're saying with us expecting people to be perfect and to know everything that that's not what we're saying not at all yeah, no, no. We're just saying follow some of the traits: sincere, honest, integrity. You, you know, hardworking. That that's the type of stuff. Look, as I, when I was a hiring manager, I will tell you this all day long. If I had my choice between somebody who knew nothing of what I needed them to do in the position, but were were had the traits that I was looking for, and somebody that had all the skills but had none of the traits I was looking for, I would choose. I would choose the person I needed to train all day long. Hire you. You hire for the you hire for the person and train for the skill sets. Yeah, you hire for the person and train for the skill sets. I'd, I'd like to, uh, Michael. Do you have do you have any other major takeaways from the section? I'd kind of like to hear from from everybody else. 
Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, we can bring them in. And uh, by the way, John, if you're wondering, like for next week, we're going to be on chapter 7 to 10 because that's half of part two. John, yeah, I think no, you got I, called I, out. I, I, copy, man. <laughs> I think I just, you got called out. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's an oh snap. Two more weeks. I'm at part three, I believe. So. Part three. Yeah, I, I might have to either because I, I bought the audiobook version. I, I, I don't have enough storage in my house. Uh, I should probably go get a self storage. But, you know, uh, I, I decided to audiobook everything. So I don't want to go back and listen to two hours worth of stuff that I already listened to and got. So that, okay. That's my, yeah. That's fine. So that's part two, chapter seven to 10. So it's okay. We're doing like four chapters for part two for the next yeah. two weeks. And all right, I think everybody's on board. I think basically just a very short takeaway. Nobody, it's, you know, nobody has it figured out the first time. As long as you know what's important, you know what to focus on, then you can learn along the way. Okay, I see some familiar faces, uh, Israel and Juan. What what have you? Uh, what are your takeaways for this reading? I love Juan's insights. I I I I've, I'm I really like the book. I'm already in in the last part, but uh, but I but I take so many notes that I really I, I was writing in that I think that. I read. I, I just read each title, and I'm already getting excited. Uh, I think he does a really good job of just expound. He uses the whole chapter just to expound on that one statement. And that one statement is powerful. The best way to learn by doing. I mean, I just think that's just that right there is good. And and, and you're gonna have to go through a lot of pain, and you have to go through a lot of struggles. And um, the next one is all deals are crises, which means hey, you got to work your ass off. If not, and you got to work like it's a crisis, like your house is on fire. What are you going to do? Focus on, on, on the crisis. And then the last one is money is a poor cure for a bad situation. I kind of twisted that to, to say, you know what? There's no room for excuses. You know, the, you know, I don't have enough money. Well, one of the things that I like, I don't know what, it wasn't in this section, but he said one of the advice that he gives all employees is don't try to reinvent the wheel. There's somebody a few offices down that has already done what you're trying to do. Go ask them for help. It's better to get the deal done, take something off your plate so you can learn something else. And for me, I, I think that for me is, is, was really important because when I first started, I, I, that's exactly what I was doing. It's like I felt stupid asking somebody. I was like, I, I, at my age, I should already know this. I went through that training. I heard somebody say it. But it's not until you get your hands dirty and start asking questions and start asking for help and being, you know, humble and saying, hey, look, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you give me some direction at least? And what I have found is that people aren't just willing to just give you direction. Uh, with this group, I've really have found is like, here, let me exactly show you a deal that I made that looked just like it and, and, and explains it to you in a way that's like, oh, wow. Explain it to me like I was like I was a seven year old, and I understood it that way, and it was and it was great. So that for me is I'm trying not to reinvent wheels anymore.
I'm really trying to learn from people. And that's why I really like this book club because I, I learned so much from the first 45 minutes when you guys are talking. I'm thinking, oh, man, that's really good. So, but I don't want to take too much time either. I know there's a lot of people on the call. It's great. And uh, what about Israel? Do you have any takeaways from this part? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm driving. I was just looking at one of the houses. <laughs> I just wanted to take a picture. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying this book, too. I think I'm two chapters ahead right now just because I kind of got caught up in it and I uh, kept going because it's uh, such a good book. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like the, you know, just he's basically saying to me, you know, what I keep hearing is just keep it simple, you know. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't reinvent the wheel. And I know a lot of us belong to the Big Dogs group or, you know, other group. And, you know, there's people there like Brent. He's, he's been doing this for a while. Uh, there's there's tons of people that's been doing it for a while, you know, that if you have a question, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and ask. And, you know, some somebody will help you, uh, you know. But, yeah, I, like everybody else, you know, I'm really enjoying it. It's great. I think the reason why we're, we're already in advanced chapters is because it's an easy read. You know, it's not hard to, to read. And you keep uh, safe while driving, okay, Israel? Don't read while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Manny? Do you have any takeaways in this? Are you able to get a copy of the book? Oh. Manny, you're still muted. Oh, you're still on mute. There we go. I'm sorry. I'm new at this. So I was literally finishing up training. I'm on week three right now. And I saw an invite from Brent Mott on Facebook. So I logged in. So I don't even know the book is, but I wanted to join. So <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's what it takes. So the, I'm. what's funny is uh, when Ray Dalio's book Principles came out, it came out in January. And I knew that it was going to be my favorite book that I read, I think it came out in 18, 17. I knew that it was going to be my favorite book of the year. This, this is going to be my favorite book this year. Uh, okay. but it's called what it takes by Steve Schwartzman. Okay. I'll catch up for next week or two weeks from now. <laughs> Great. Anybody else have an insight on, the, on this part? I'm sorry, guys. I know I cut out. I don't know where I cut out when I was speaking. <laughs> Driving. That's okay. All right. All right. Well, looks like we've uh, we've we've exhausted the mm -hmm. group. Um, the, the, sure. So, I I really lost. So, I don't I don't think that anybody has a hard time believing that Mastery, our last book, wasn't my favorite book. Um, it just just really dense, not super practical. Um, I love. I really like biographies and memoirs. Um, and this, I think this falls into the memoir uh, uh, category more than, a, than necessarily an autobiography. Um, but it's, it's very digestible and it's very practical and, and actionable. And it's got a lot of stuff. Um, one, one thing that I'd recommend as you're reading this, and, and it's something that, that I'm doing, is I'm looking specifically for the qualities, for, for the characteristics that that convey the most success and there there he talks so when he was talking about jack welch 
he talked about the always asking questions, the ability to, the ability to draw lines, to make connections, even if it, if it was something brand new. Uh, there, but I, there's lots of personality that's the ability to draw lines, I guess, in a, uh, in a personality trait, it's, it's more of a characteristic, but there's lots of personality traits that he points out and characteristics that he points out that I think that if you target those things, if you target those specific, um, aspects that I think are, is, is a, just a really good recipe for success of how can I adopt this specific characteristic? Great. So, well, that's it for this. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Oh, actually, actually to two more. Uh, one of the things that I really liked, um, in on page 87, uh, I like kind of skipped through it and it says early, early mistakes taught me importance of rigor, eliminating risk and asking for help. Mastery like to, and this, and Brent said this earlier, mastery takes experience, endurance and tolerance for pain. But then I like where he says under, under pressure, I was capable of far more than I ever thought the value of a great mentor and partner. I, I, I really thought that that was really key where, where, Unless you put yourself under that kind of pressure um, or put yourself in a situation where you could fail big, you're never really going to gain anything big, you know, Um, and it's not to say not to take small steps, but I I think that the, the, when you put things that are really important first and you, and you work on those things, uh, focus and really work on those things. I think uh, the benefits, whether you get a lot of money or you help just somebody out uh, is is really beneficial. And, and I, I think that that's a really good thing is is make helping somebody else payment in in and of itself enough. Um, get get to a position, and it's very fulfilling to help other people be successful. Um, and and if you can. I don't, I don't know if you have to train yourself, but if you can just make that the reward in and of itself, um, you're, it, it's going to add to a lot more success. It's going to add to a lot more happiness. Um, what goes around comes around. Yeah. Call it karma. Call it you reap what you sow. Yep. Um, every, every major society in history has had that – that type of uh, of of thought process that, that that's a proverb in pretty much every culture, and and it, something like that doesn't become uh, doesn't become part of a culture unless it has truth. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when I was a young investor, I remember people who took the time that I looked up to to answer my silly questions and, and they never made me feel dumb. And I remember the people who made me feel dumb. And, and, and I will tell you that I remember each and every one of them. And one of the things that I've vowed is that when people come to me looking and they have questions or advice, I would, I would never want them to feel dumb. I've been in that position. Anybody who doesn't remember when they were new or when they were in a position where they didn't know, um, it's going to come back and bite you. So, Guys, you you, you got to feel comfortable reaching out to to the more experienced ones because the good ones remember where they came from. Exactly. 
So, all right. Well, okay. I, I think that's everything we've got. Shirley, do you want right. to? Uh, yeah, if you're free this time tomorrow, you can also join the Hot Trends webinar. Haven't registered yet. You can go to our website. And it's about, um, you know, how you can leverage technology to automate marketing. So I know us investors or real estate investors, we do a lot of marketing in a real estate so you can uh, know the tools and joseph if you don't know uh, joseph de la cruz will be the one um, speaking tomorrow so that's it um see you guys next week this time uh wednesday it's 5 p.m sounds good bye everybody next week thank you have a good week yeah too stay safe For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts, or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.